0: Hey, everybody. Welcome into m and m across the board. Ashley, Sean, Eric with you as we are every week. And what a wild weekend of NFL football that we're coming off of. Much to the chagrin of Mr. Martin, whose team did not move on to the next round. We're going to get into the NFL. We're going to get into the NBA, which we don't do very much, but we're going to do some mid-season evaluations of teams. Who's better than we thought? Who's worse than we thought? Uh, And... A topic this week what makes a sport a sport? What sports are sports? What sports aren't sports? We'll get into the whole thing. A little controversial, and I'm sure people will feel very strongly one way or another about certain things, but that's what makes it fun. So let's start with the NFL, Mr. McDowell.
1: All right. Conveniently, four games coming up. I've got four downs. First down, the top AFC seed Titans. They enjoyed their bye week, but I don't think they enjoyed watching Joe Burrow on film this week, you guys. Oh. Because over the last three, he's completed 76% of his passes, averaging 405 yards, okay? And that's not good for Tennessee. They gave up the eighth most passing yards, just over 245 a game. So since he needs to put up the points, try to open it up, yes, Derrick Henry's coming back, but they need to keep him quiet and force Tannehill to have a pass fest. And we know, Ashley, how uh, you and others feel about that happening for Tannehill. We know that will work out. No. So the first playoff win in over 30 years coming at home was great for Cincinnati, but I don't think they're going to settle for that, I believe, in the Bengals. Second down, great job by San Francisco. Shawnee called it. Watch out for the Niners. Popping yet another annual Dallas hot air balloon, like yeah. death in Texas. The questions here, of course, are Bose's status. He's got the concussion. He didn't practice yesterday, and we're taping the show on a Wednesday. And then you got Jimmy G, who had limited practice time. He's got shoulder and thumb issue rushing day like they did in texas and dump off the passes to kittle and just eat up the clock adams was 12 from 132 in the earlier season win by the bay if the niners don't get to rogers they don't get to the NFC championship i don't think they'll do either and i like the pack at home third down odell boy we dumped on him in august when he was in cleveland and it's odell is oh my now for the rams and you add cup with that they provided two huge toys for Stafford to play with. You can also bet that Brady, as we speak, has a plan to deal with Donald and that dominant D line while his O front is not healthy. That's a concern, but he finds a way. The Rams looked phenomenal and showed what their D is capable of. How about that? 21-0 at the half. Cards had 40 yards of offense before their first first down. 1-5, and five, by the way, down the stretch. Ooh, who said something about that? Anyway. Stafford got his first playoff win. He might just get his second, but until Brady no longer plays like Tom Brady, the Bucs have enough weapons to pull it out. And then fourth down. If The league allowed two AFC teams to play for the Super Bowl. Wouldn't it be sweet to see the new QB rivalry of this era, Mahomes and Allen. Seven TDs and no punts against what was a pretty good pass defense. If Buffalo can do that just three more times, it's title time. But KC has cleaned things up since Pat had those three turnovers we dumped on him way back when they they lost at home to the Bills. Buffalo has five straight wins. Chiefs have won 10 of 11. Wow, this is going to be fun. This is going to be like watching the Manning-Brady era all over again. So I think Mahomes pulls it out. But Buffalo will use this experience to make the bowl next year. I will now punt to Sean. Thanks. Thanks.
2: Couple of things, right? Um, yeah, hey, I nailed Frisco. Just like we forgot to mention last week. Yeah, that was a,
0: that was one of the sexiest road team picks that I was hearing out there. I yeah. don't know that there were many people out there who were like, "Yeah, Dallas is going to win."
2: Yeah, well, you know what? It. Dallas might have had a shot, and you can blame the refs all you want. The referee was doing his job in that last play. Yeah. and mean, for you to call a quarterback yeah. draw with no timeouts and 14 seconds left is stupid
0: you deserve to
2: and lose you deserve to lose and Dak Prescott should know that when you get the ball you give it to the uh, to the umpire to spot it not to your center mm-hmm. right so good for them and I hate the Cowboys and I laughed and laughed and laughed with the way that ended yeah it was um scary. I like Buffalo over Kansas City I oh. think god let's go back into our memory banks from a week ago I think someone called for the Bills to beat the Pats by three touchdowns yes got that one right I got to live high. I got about three picks right in fifteen years, so I got to got to roll off it. Um, I think Frisco's going to struggle in Green Bay. I, I'm not. I think warm weather teams going to play in the cold sometimes gets overblown. Not necessarily this time. Um, Garoppolo's got some injuries he's dealing with, and when you're in the cold and you get hit, they just it seems to hurt a little more. Uh, so yeah, I think he's going to struggle up there. I think it's going to be a great game. I like Frisco to hang with him and to lose. And to me, the, right now, the the Matchup I would love to see the most is Buffalo and the Rams because the Rams to me are the most exciting team, with the way they play defense, Odell has stepped up, made Cup better in the, in the backfield the Michelle and, and Cam Akers is phenomenal. And can Matt Stafford build off of what he did last week? He finally got a playoff win. I think they're good enough. I think Brady at some point is going to feel the pinch <laughs> of not having Godwin and Fournette and yeah. that other idiot that walked off the field. I think that might might bite him in the backside this week. I like the Bengals over Tennessee. and not a big Tennessee guy. They would have been the team I'd want to play anyway because with all the great quarterbacks in the league, I'll take my chances with Ryan Tannehill. And, yeah, Derrick Henry is back, but Derrick Henry also had a foot injury. How long was he off his foot? Is he back into game shape? Can he, can he run the boys? Is he going to run the rock 25 times, or is 10 about his limit? Uh, we don't know. We'll find out. But I think the Bengals are clicking. They they could use Hendrickson back on defense. He was a pain in the ass on Saturday uh, before he left the game with a concussion. And the one thing I want to talk about with the Raider game. At the end of the game, I was I was not happy. I said to my wife, okay, you know what? It's been 19 years since we played a meaningful game like this. They got down 10. They came back and rallied. It's been a crazy year, but a fun year. 10 wins made the playoffs. What bothered me about that game, the inadvertent whistle was what it was. Yeah. Okay. What, what bothered me about it was the NFL knew the rule and ignored it, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to say that that call cost the Raiders the game. Okay. The Raiders lost the game because they had too many mistakes, too many penalties, too many turnovers. And when you make mistakes like that on the road in the playoffs, you lose games. Okay. And even if they had replayed the down, you don't know that the Bengals wouldn't have gotten a touchdown then, where a minimum field goal on the drive because McPherson doesn't seem to ever miss. But I also say, okay, well, for they lost by seven, it would have been a three point game. The Raiders could have kicked a field goal in that last drive going to go into overtime. Not, not true because you don't know how the game's going to play out. It happened early enough, it was third quarter. Mm-hmm. Don't know how the rest, the next 22 minutes, whatever it was, is going to play out. The Bengals went conservative with four minutes left, trying to run some clock before they sent the ball back to the Raiders and punted a three-point game. They might've been a little more aggressive and Burrow was on fire and he wasn't getting big chunks of yards, but he was getting a lot of completions uh, with chase and and his tight end. Um, So I can't blame the loss on that. I want to get that out there. I'm not happy about it, but it's a whole thing I have with the NFL. They had an inadvertent whistle. Okay. Things happen. Then they lied about it after the game, and that just you know own it. Make mistakes in life, own it. Don't, but don't lie about it. Come on, everybody knows that whistle happened before the play was completed. So now that that rants over, Ashley, how about? Yeah,
0: I thought inadvertent whistles were a thing of the past. Didn't it feel like they went away for like like you would get them pretty often in the NFL? It almost felt like pre-review. But then once review came into play, it felt like refs swallowed the whistle a little more knowing that there was a backup system to the whole thing. And that's why now referees do not blow fumbles dead. They don't call it an incomplete pass almost ever, even when it's very obvious that it's an incomplete pass because they let the play run out and think, okay, we can review it. You can overturn something that's called a fumble and call it an incomplete pass. You can't overturn something that you blow dead when you call an incomplete pass if the play stops. So it almost felt like inadvertent whistles were a thing in the past until last weekend. Um, for me, I agree. The rule is the rule. You take it back. You play it over. You don't allow the touchdown. But for those people who say, like, to me, the whistle was so late. It was well after he threw the ball that I can't believe that it affected the defense that much. Like, it almost sounded like the whistle blew a second before he caught the ball in the end zone. So for me, I'm just kind of like, no, okay. And I get it. But the rule is the rule. I agree with you. It should have come back. I just don't. It's crappy rule,
2: but you have have to enforce your rule.
0: Yeah. Now, Trayvon Merrick
2: gave up a little bit, but I don't know if he just knew the ball was going to be caught and it was there.
1: Yeah, I don't know That's the
2: rule. You got to enforce it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Now, again, the other observation I wanted to make, I mean, I'm wearing an Oakland A's shirt for a reason today. I'm watching that game Monday. and Eric's been banging on Cliff Kingsbury for weeks, deservedly so. I'm watching the game Monday, and I'm like, man, God, Kyler Murray might be playing center field for the A's pretty quick and honoring that commitment when they drafted him on the first round. That dude, he regressed, man. He fell right off the earth the last half of the year. He didn't even look like a capable NFL quarterback on Monday.
0: No, he looked flustered. He looked scared. He looked all kinds of things. And it's not even, it's not even like the initial mistakes, like the mistake in the end zone holding the ball for eight seconds or something ridiculous. It would have been better for him to take a freaking safety at that point. Instead, he like half ass, like just kind of chucks it right into the hands of a defensive player, and now it goes in for a pick six. Well, well, now that's way worse. You've given up seven points instead of two, and I understand I would have had the ball back if they had gotten the safety. But the mistakes just compounded and snowballed, and he just looked totally out of it. Like, on the sidelines, he looked like he had no energy. He looked like he had lost the game after it was 14 nothing. And if that's how your quarterback is going to... Like, you can't have that guy as your quarterback. It's just amazing, though. I don't know that anyone, like, he was an MVP caliber quarterback for the first half of the season. And then he's gone to, like you said, Eric, they went one and five the rest of the way. It was the Cardinals so bad.
1: are who we thought they were. Remember? Dennis yeah, exactly.
0: Green? It just wasn't competitive. I, I gave up at halftime when it was 21 zip because I just thought there's no way that this no. Cardinals team is coming back from this. It didn't feel competitive at any point. I didn't think the Bucks eagles felt competitive at any point either. I know the score was a lot closer, but to me it was just kind of trash. Like, same thing with Bills-Patriots. Just not competitive. Those two Mac Jones touchdowns were in garbage time when that game was right. so far out of reach. Um, and, yeah, good call on that one, Sean. I didn't see that coming. I was most excited, I think, for both of those division games, and they were the two worst games of the weekend.
2: Yeah, I, the other – Takeaway from the weekend was they added the extra playoff team this year, and the Steelers and Eagles were just not competitive. I mean, it terrible. looked like the Steelers after Watts scores a touchdown, they're up seven zip, and they're they're playing defense. It looked like okay, you know what? Maybe we have something here, and then Mahomes responds and goes right back down the field, and by all intents and purposes, the game was over.
0: Yeah, I mean, and and the Chiefs said it that uh, that TJ Watt touchdown just pissed them off because it was on a trick play that Reid yeah. called because the offense wasn't doing anything, and then the trick play blows up in your face, and it's 7 nothing, and you probably think, well, like, what the F? Like, this, this is not how this was supposed to go. They score touchdowns on seven straight – or six straight possessions after that. Like, it was almost like, whoop, they turned it on, and it was there was no stopping them. And that was almost identical to the way things have gone for the Chiefs this year. The first six games of the season, then the light turns on, And they've been unstoppable since. So the final three quarters of that game are the chiefs that we've come to know more. So. And I think, listen, Bill's chiefs is going to be awesome. I hope, but we're hoping that we see the same bills and the same chiefs team that we saw this week so that they meet. And we just have like an offensive Mm -hmm. shootout. They both have good defenses though.
1: I'd like your opinion on, on, if we can touch on some of the job openings right now too. Um, Houston, to me, is the worst job opening. Collie wow. got fired. I never thought they'd get rid of him that quickly. He got him four wins out of chicken blank. Okay, You know we're not fans of that organization. And they beat Tennessee once. And they gave him a good game at the end, and he's gone after one year. Denver, don't touch that. That's not a good picnic. The QB situation's a mess, and they got new owners coming in. So you want to take a job when a brand-new boss is coming in? I don't think so. And Minnesota – is just in deep trouble because they have a lot of late picks. They don't pick high. They dealt a lot of them, and their cap situation is not pretty at all. So I don't know where the money is going to come for that. And if I asked for the Giants job, Ashley, I would ask a three-year guaranteed job that I get to coach on the field for more than two years. Those are not pretty situations to walk into. Did and they- I think that uh, uh, there will be better opportunities for Leftwich to get, which he will get one this year. I'd take uh, yeah.
2: the Jags if, job if I was going, going for the Giants take... job, I'd ask for that free medium Pepsi like they gave the season ticket. <laughs> yeah, cool. right.
0: I, I would take the Jags job, I think, before I would take some of those other jobs just because at least you have Lawrence. They have pieces. They've showed heart. If you get a guy like Brian Flores, who a guy who who players clearly want to play for, Um, I think that's a team that – it's not going to be instant. This is not – there's no instant gratification in the NFL. This is not how it works, clearly, with a guy like Justin Fields, a guy like Trevor Lawrence. Teams don't just go from peaking top three in the draft to going to the playoffs. It doesn't happen. Um, So I think I would take the Jags job over some of those other jobs. Chicago's not bad because you have Justin Fields, and I think he is a quarterback certainly. that They believe he's a franchise quarterback and a guy that you can really play with. They have – Minnesota has talent. I don't love Kirk Cousins, but they have some talent. Um, I don't know. The Giants' job I wouldn't want. Like you said, they don't give anyone a chance, but the three hires that they've made have been terrible. I don't think they should have gone beyond the two years or the year and a half in Ben McAdoo's case that they went. So I'm hopeful that they get someone that they really like who will last three-plus seasons, even if it's a slow process. Like if you win six games next year or seven games next year, Sometimes you just have to be happy with progress.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, Frisco Super Bowl two years ago, third pick in the draft this past year, and now back in the playoffs. Last year that was more injuries. Than All whatever. injury, yeah. Right. I think the Denver job isn't as bad as it looks because there's some veteran quarterbacks that may be coming available. Um, but you go grab one of those. you got a good defense there. You got some good running backs, decent offensive line. Yeah, if they get a quarterback, they're they're looking at maybe a ten win team, and that's hard for me to you know how I feel about the Broncos. I never give them credit for anything, but they're not far away. But you got to get that quarterback,
1: and you need you need to know who your boss is going to be too. Well,
2: you're going to need that too. I mean, the the Bolin family. <clears throat> you got to be nuts to the to sell a billion dollar franchise, probably more for them given how much they're loved in that, that part of the country, but uh, get along. My God.
0: Is the Raiders Uh, job, the best job open?
2: uh, Well, it's not open, but it's going to be. Yeah, it's not open. You're interviewing everybody. Basachi is meeting with March Davis, Mark Davis today to talk about it. I think the fact that Mayock is leaving tells me all I need to know. Uh, It depends. That job is open. It is. He's
0: their interim head coach. That's not his job.
2: I want him. They wouldn't
0: have interviewed 10 other candidates if they, if that was his job. I know.
2: I know. No, here's the thing with the radio. (laughs) If, if you consider it a rebuild, I'm not interested in that. I've seen that movie way too many times in the last 25 years. They need to be tweaked. Okay. It's a
0: playoff team.
2: It's a playoff team. Exactly.
0: I'll take that job.
2: You have some free agents, you have a destination. There's no state sales tax in in Nevada. So that Mm -hmm. helps get new, get people in there. The problem I have, the smoke is all around Jim Harbaugh, who who was a Raider QB coach way back in the day. And that would be okay with me, but he's now linked with Vic Fangio. He was a great defense coordinator. He's one of those guys. He's a great coordinator. I don't know about a head coach that he would bring him in. They were together in San Francisco. So you ask me, is it a good job? Well, if you bring in a coordinator with a system that doesn't fit the talent you have,
0: sure.
2: Then you got to overhaul. Okay, you got to get players that fit your system. Banjo's a three-four guy on defense, and the Raiders' strength on defense was their front four getting to the quarterback that they could do it without the help of blitzing. So now you're going to redefine Max Crosby or or Yannick Ngakwe on the other wing. You don't want to re reclass those guys.
0: Listen, if you're a good coach you work with what you have. You don't blow something up that works already. Like if you can't adjust just because the, the pieces you have don't fit the one system you're good at, well, then you're not a good NFL coach.
2: Well, but but, but coaches have, coaches get to that level by having a certain arrogance factor. Okay. Sure. This is my system, but you got to get the right tools. So again, are the Raiders going to rebuild or are they going to tweak?
1: Now, they, now might, they've got coach, cash though. Don't they have like forty million to play with, Trump? Well, you don't know
2: what they're going to do with it. Yeah, they do have the cash, but like, uh, what if Harbaugh comes in and he's not a Derek Carr fan? What are you going to go draft somebody? Now you're looking yeah. at the three-year read.
0: That would be ridiculous if Harbaugh is not a Derek Carr fan. He can go fly a make kite. a
1: run, make a run in Adams because he's a Fresno guy. The and buddy, if, him if, if car he and Carr and Adams. That in that Green be... Bay. I think they can make a good run with him, and yeah. that's a statement. And it's an attractive place to play now.
2: It Not is an attractive place. The problem is if you get a coach that doesn't want Derek Carr, now he's on a one-year deal left at $19 million unguaranteed. you cut him when the new league year starts at no penalty. That would be a huge mistake now you're starting over. So, again, I don't know if it's a good job. It's a good job for somebody that wants to build off of what they did this year. Other than that, it's just a complete rebuild. And I want him to keep building. I mean, my God, you finally make the playoffs. You go to a tough Bengal team, you get down nine yards away in the last play of the game, and you're going to start over? That doesn't make sense. So there's got to be a, a happy medium there.
0: Yeah, to me, that job is the furthest thing from a complete rebuild compared Absolutely. compared to what you're talking about in other places. Like yeah. you're tearing the Giants down and building them back up. I also think the Dolphins is a really good job. Again, these are two coaches – who probably should still be there. That's the, that's why it's a good job because they were good teams. The Dolphins just missed out on the playoffs. I don't know that Tua I think the biggest question mark is Tua. He has all the weapons in the world. Jalen Model is was one of the best rookies in the league this year. There are so many pieces there. And defensively, Xavier Howard, like there are really good pieces there. I just think the biggest question mark is is Tua your guy or is he not your guy? And I think that's what got Brian Flores fired. Tuo wasn't yes. his guy, and yeah. the GM didn't want him.
1: He, yeah, Greer, the, the GM, this, the is, this is a situation. You're stepping into that mess where he's the GM, and he runs the show, and he's over you uh-huh. because he wanted Tuo instead of Justin Herbert. Sorry, but Flores was right, and now Flores is gone. So there's an attraction there, definitely, but again, who do you work for? We say this in our profession. It's like, who's the athletic director? What are you stepping into? great person uh losing program same thing here you've got a gm that that is really calling the shots here i'm not saying that every head coach should be able to, to buy the groceries like parcells but you really got to do your homework and i think the dolphins job has some attractions but there's also some red flags there and it starts with the gm and of course ross has uh a lot of baggage in his lap as well over the years
0: yeah i guys i think i when you guys were making kind of picks. I didn't really, I I think I'm going to go different than you guys. I'm going to go Rams over Bucks because I think that O-line, if they're as injured as they appear to be and they put pressure on Brady, it could be a long day. I also think, like you said, Sean, the injuries could come to fruition for them. With only basically, you've got Godwin out with Mike Evans being your guy. Scotty Miller hasn't quite developed to be who he is. Gronk is still there. But I think... If we get the Rams that we got last week, I think the Rams win that game. I Like you, Sean, I think San Francisco goes in to, to Lambeau and gives them a really good game. Their D-line and their O-line have been so good awesome. and so dominant. Green Bay's O-line has been injured all year long, too. So, I obviously, you have a really good running back in Aaron Jones. They can run the ball. Devontae Adams is always the the key X factor for them, too. But I think San Frank gives them a good game. I think the Packers win. I'm going to go Titans over Bengals. I know the Bengals are like the hot pick. I think if Derrick Henry runs the ball 20 more 20 times or more, that would indicate that he's healthy enough to be there and that he's not just I think he's I think he's going to be there. From everything that I've heard and like read reported out there, it's that he's basically been held out longer than he needs to be. They've waited as long as they could. He's coming back, he's healthy. If he runs it 20 or more times, I think they win because they're not going to ask Tannehill to do too much. And I just think they're going to eat up clock. They're not going to give the Bengals a whole lot in terms of time of possession if they can run the ball. So I'm going to go Titans survive at least this week.
2: I got, just for the record, Buffalo and Cincy.
1: Rams, Green Bay. That's
0: your, that's Bay. your Yeah. Buffalo, Cincy, Rams, Green Bay. Eric, what do you got?
1: Well, from... Going over things again, I, I still think that uh, Brady finds a way. I don't, I'm not going to pick them to win the whole thing, but I do yeah. think that we're going to see Cincinnati pull it out. I do like the pack at home. Uh, I definitely think, not definite, but I'm as I said, go with the, with the, the Bucks and I think uh, KC, those are the ones. But yeah. um, I'm still going to stick with Green Bay, as we did from the start of the year, to win the whole thing. Yeah. It's going to get wow. a lot more fun. The games are going to be a lot more competitive now. We know yeah. that.
2: Yeah, those, I would offensive go, line go for, those offensive line injuries for Tampa are going to be tough uh, yeah. if Worfs and Jensen come back and play. So, Yeah. We'll see. I'm, go Bills. I,
0: I, what's I'm interested to see in the Bills-Chiefs game, I want to see the matchup between Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer and <laughs> the Chiefs receivers. I think that could be really interesting. I know there was so much criticism of the Bills' defense when the Patriots came and ran all over them. That doesn't have as much to do with Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer as it does with the front. Um, so I, I'll be interested to see how they match up with guys like Tyreek Hill and, and Pringle. Um, it'll be fun. I, I'm most interested in that game, but the other games will be fun too.
2: Yeah, and before we move on, the, the play by Hyde the other night, oh. that game was still oh. very much a doubt. What a monster defensive That's play by one of the best game. interceptions
0: I've seen this season.
2: Just Incredible. a great play, yeah. and it really was an exclamation point to the start the Bills had, and, and they yeah. built it up because they got a big stop after they got their touchdown, and he just, unbelievable effort. Yeah. Um.
0: I mean, you, you go know. from a tie game to then 14 nothing two minutes yes. later. Like, it totally exactly. changed the com- complexity of the game.
2: Yes, it did. Yes, it did. <laughs> so, folks, as we all know, it's a new year. We are in January. New year, new goals at Mohawk Honda. It's a new year with new goals. Start your year right behind the wheel of a new or pre-owned vehicle that fits your budget or your New Year's resolutions. Stop into Mohawk Honda and check out our broad selection of pre-owned inventory. We are here to find the right make, model, and price point to fit your budget. Our goal is to help you meet your goals. Let so Luis, the VIP man Morales, Jake, hot sauce Doyle, cars with Kearns Foboda, or Mark from Clifton Park Ellis Jr. connect you up with a perfect deal. And right now is the perfect time to get top dollar for your trade-in with the Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer. Same day check in your hand the day you trade in your vehicle. Just ask for Brian, buy with BMAC McKenna, Mike Benice, Nicole Ozer, or Cam, let's do a deal, McKenna. Again, all of our sales and leasing consultants will make your New Year's automotive goals their top priority. Start the New Year right with just the new deal at Mohawk Con and Glenville, where they always go out of their way to please please you. you. Very good.
0: Oh, guys, I want to show you something. So, see this sweatshirt? Yeah. It says butt kicker. Yeah. So this is Harrison Butker's brand, B U T K E R, ah. the highlighted butt kicker. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give a free plug. So, this is made by Novice Clothing, which is located right here in the capital region. They're based out of Albany, two LaSalle guys. They had a spot in the game the other night. And I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. But I have one of uh, Butker's shirts, even though I. Pick the Bills. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All righty. To the NBA we go. Woo-hoo. You know, a couple of things. We don't talk about the, well, I think we'll see a little more NBA talk as we keep going when we're in NHL, hopefully.
0: I'm going to have to start watching more NBA.
2: Yeah, a couple of things stand out for me. The breakout performer this year that I've watched a few times and I really enjoy him, Jay Morant from Memphis.
1: Yeah, to talk uh, somebody
2: about I can't remember who it was said he has Jordan esque type of ceiling, and he is hes a baller. He had that he's two, a freak two handed block the other night, uh, which was just, a, just an unbelievable play. He's got the Grizzlies, the Memphis Grizzlies, who, if you ask me to name all the teams in the league, they'd probably be the last one I could think of <laughs> 31 and 15 and third place in the West. Um, and he's just, I just love seeing some of these younger players just. Mm-hmm. Explode on the scene, and here he is. Uh, some of the teams that I really, really enjoy the, the Chicago Bulls haven't been relevant in a long, long time. And, and those trades
0: for them were really yeah. good,
2: yep. Yeah. Uh, um, really great guard play they're getting. Uh, Vukovic in the middle is, is, is a stud they got him from Orlando last year. And where the hell did the Cleveland Cavaliers come from? Whoa, <laughs> a rookie is, is just a beast, 27 and 18. And even Dallas, 25 and 19, they got Luca. I'm not sure what else they have there, Um, but they battled through some injuries and he was a little slow, out of shape. But there's 25 and 19, fifth in the West. The four teams I'm looking at seem disappointing. I thought Brooklyn was going to go 82 and 0 this year. Okay. They're 27 and 16, doesn't feel as good as it probably is, you know. They just lost Durant four to six weeks. I know if they're all healthy around playoff time, it'd be a little bit different, but it seems like they should be a little better than they are. Uh, Eric, Boston, 23 and 22, 10th in the East. Mess. You got a lot of talent. You only get one basketball. It doesn't seem like there's any cohesion there. I don't have a favorite NBA team, and I'm trying for the Celtics be it, but they're just maddening. Yeah. Uh, the Lakers, 22 and 22, 8th in the West. They're old and dysfunctional. and. Yep. You know, when we kind I, when of all we, called
0: that at the beginning of the year. Yeah,
2: I mean, Westbrook's not a good fit there. Yeah. Davis, I think Davis he's, is just too heavy. He's kind of like Zion is. Williams. He's carrying on too I was going to say, he's,
0: he's had pretty. some real issues this year. I mean, LeBron James is the only reason they're even where they are at, and yeah, that's a guy yeah. who's on the last leg of his career here.
2: And, and Ashley, if you want to expand and go ahead, your hat du jour, uh, Eastern Conference finalist last year. I'm not sure what, what's going on down in Atlanta. Maybe you can shed a little more Little more light on that, but uh, those are pretty much the observations I have. But it's been a fun year in the NBA.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, Atlanta's been really streaky. I was never super sold on the Hawks. I've always been the one who said if Trey Young is your number one, you will never win an NBA championship. I and I wholeheartedly believe that because he's a he's a ball getter, he's a points getter, but he's not when he scores fifty, they're not good. It's when he scores thirty and has. 10 assists or 12 assists and he can rebound when he does that stuff is when they're best. The problem is the pieces around him, they're good, but they're not great. Like they don't have a, a fide number two, even in, in that case, I, I like John Collins, but I don't know that he's a number two on any championship team. So I just think like their pieces are very good, but I think that's as good as it gets is good. I think they way overachieved last year. Like I don't know that mm-hmm. anyone saw them getting to the Eastern Conference Finals, and I would have a hard time believing they get back to the Eastern Conference Finals. But it's also the same thing with, like, I don't think anyone saw the Bucks winning at all last year. There was a lot that happened last year that was kind of out of sorts, whether it was injuries, COVID, all of it. Um, so I think the Hawks probably peaked last year, and now they're back down where I would expect them to be a little bit um, in terms of, What they're doing, but like, listen, the East, I'm not going to say it sucks, but the East is, is very mediocre in terms of like, it's just crunched in there just because you're one or 10. I think there's like five and a half games that separate one through 10. So nobody's out of it in the East, even if you're sitting outside of that 10th spot.
1: I I want to piggyback on both of you here. I'll start with Atlanta, then Memphis, because we're going to give them the love they deserve, as John said. But I don't understand Atlanta either. One thing is, they're 25th in the league in defense. They give up a ton of points. Mm -hmm. They just don't play good D. And I think Trey Young is outstanding. He's averaging 28 a game, but you're right. Now, I will say, I think he's the most exciting star that franchise has had since Wilkins. Mm -hmm. I really do. But here's an example. Yeah, he scores a career in league high, 56 against Portland. League high, 17 of 26, 7 of 12 from three, 15 for 50 at the line. And he did have 14 assists. So every time he touched the ball, something great happened, but yeah. they lost. 136 yep. to 131. That that
0: can't happen. I mean, you give up 136 points. You right. scored 131 and, and you lost.
1: And what you're saying, he didn't have the help or he's not, you know, he dished out 14 assists. Now they, they made a blockbuster with the Knicks. They, they dealt Cam Reddish and they got Kevin Knox, who averages about 1.1. 1. 1. I was going to say
0: that's a way better deal for the Knicks because I think yeah. Reddish has Reddish showed last year coming off the bench in the playoffs glimpses and he showed glimpses again this year. I like Reddish. But there just aren't enough. Everyone is about the same. You know what I mean? There's a lot of Cam Reddish's, Kevin Herters. There's a lot of guys who feel like they're pretty equal in terms of playing status. uh, Bogdanovich and Gallinari, they're all kind of similar, but no like. They've got to make a deal.
1: They've got February 10th. All they have to do is find a proven winning vet said that before somebody to bring in we're not talking about 60 guys in a roster but get that veteran that has proven to be a winner to get them flying again and as as for memphis do you remember when we talked about cities and irrelevant franchises and the three of us talked that memphis grizzlies never think Mm -hmm. we'd mention them again but john you're right on uh they must have watched us because they are not irrelevant this year they're going to be dangerous i think they got a shot at the top four seed and morant is just a lot of fun to watch and there's not many people uh, that get to watch or do watch Memphis play. But if you don't, just go to your phone the next day. Check out the highlights, the dunk, the alley-oop. He's just so much fun to watch. And it's great for the city of Memphis that has not had a lot. They once had a you know a pro football team in that USFL and stuff. Showboats. Showboats. But, yeah. but it's nice to give them some love, no question.
0: Yeah, I think his biggest thing is always like, his ankles are tough. Like it feels like every week it's like, Oh, John Morant has a high ankle sprain. He's out for two weeks. And then the Grizzlies go back down without him. Then they have, when they get him back, they have to work their way back up. So this year they're 31 and 15, but the most important thing I think is they're beating good teams. They're 14 and eight against above 500 teams. So that's like, you're showing that you're beating the teams who are at the top of the league, which is important because it's not just like, Oh, they're beating the Pistons every night or, who, you know, whatever team comes across their or, or the magic, whoever it is, they're beating good teams, which is is a far cry from yeah. what used to be happening. And they're top 10 offensive and defensive ratings. So they get after it on both ends of the floor, which, Sean, you brought up the block, the ball, you got yeah. the ball turned over and he just came flying in. So it's the yeah. hustle, everything about that kid. Morant is, he's a star. Did you see the promotion they did? No. Oh, so I think it was Memphis. Was it so a kid, I'm pretty sure a kid showed up in a, um, a Steph Curry jersey to a Memphis game. And they were like, what are you, what are you doing? You can't be. So Memphis ran a promotion. You could bring in any old jersey of any player or former team, and they would give you a Memphis Grizzlies jersey wow. for free. Sounds. You could just exchange it.
1: Did you so get the Pepsi? there peps was a broke? line
0: like, yay long. <laughs> and the kid work. with the, the Warriors jersey was the first kid in line. <laughs>
2: That's a great move. Yeah, and they're, they are beating good teams. They took the That's Warriors perfect. out to the woodshed recently. Yeah. I watched that. You know, we've gone through the whole thing. We haven't even talked about Phoenix and the Warriors, the top yep. two in the West and even Utah, which is having a very good year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the Warriors, <clears throat> excuse me, just getting Klay Thompson back too will help them Yeah, uh, as they get through some injuries, but, but Phoenix, you know, they're picking up from last year's final run, single-digit losses right now. They're just kind of rolling on out there uh, in a very tough conference.
1: I, as for Golden State, though, you know Steph picks the good time of the year to have a slump. Okay, you yeah. gotta do it. Do it in January. Three of seventeen, Miami. Five for twenty-four, Dallas. Better now than later. Draymond Green is beloved out there. The minute he stepped on the court, the ovation. Uh, everybody believes that this team is coming back together. And and as for Thompson. You know, two and a half years of rust, and he came right out, and he's showing no rust at this point. They really look solid, uh, and I think uh, Steph will be right in the uh, hunt. The one thing I want to ask you, Sean, too, is Ashley made a good point. The East is just a jumble, bumble, NFC East look. And here's a team in Philadelphia that has an opportunity, and they're still sitting with Simmons. He's growing mold. What that blank are they waiting for? Are they asking for Will, LeBron, and Steph make a damn deal by February 10th and take over that conference. And Emile says he's happy, and we're playing well, like 21 and 10. We don't need to do anything. But is there something there that he's untouchable, or are they just asking for too much?
2: (laughs) They're probably asking for too much right now. But what you're asking, Price, or what, what the market is today on January 19th, Will most likely not be the same market on February 10th. If a team yeah. is pressed and it's a deadline, and you you think Ben Simmons is going to help your team, you're going to pay more when you're up against it with the deadline um, as opposed to today. You know, I don't I don't know how much value the guy has. He, he he seems to be a bit soft. Doesn't want to be criticized. Well, guess what, buddy? You're a pro athlete making a lot of cash, <laughs> so you get a lot of praise. But you're going to take some heat when it's time. So you got to toughen up a little bit. Uh, he's not doing anybody any good. He's not going to go back to Philly. You, no. That ain't going to happen. So do you take pennies on the dollar, or do you wait it out until the trade? Because you're you're having a good year without him, so you can afford to wait and maximize your return on him. That's why I don't see Simmons getting traded for a couple weeks.
0: Uh, another team that I, I like and I've enjoyed watching, I don't see a ton of them, but the Charlotte Hornets – who have good young pieces. LaMelo Ball is a star. He will be a star in this league. And him paired with Miles Bridges has been a lot of fun to watch. They're seventh right now in the conference. But I I think they've got a legit chance to make the playoffs, like to continue to be the good team that they are. They're 24-20, and four games over 500. That's pretty good. I just think that combo is really good. And Bridges is – I mean, he will be in like an all-star type conversation. He's averaging 20 points a game, seven rebounds. Those are good numbers. I just think they're fun – to me, they're a little bit like uh, like the Memphis in terms of the star power and just like the flash. They probably don't have the depth of Memphis. They don't have the depth of Memphis. Um, but I, I've really enjoyed watching the Hornets. The Bulls, I think, I, I don't know that I knew the Bulls. I liked the moves that they made. But to say that like Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso have made such a difference on that team, it's kind of shocking because you're like, well, we've seen them on other teams. And it was just kind of like, yeah, they didn't really help out all that much. But on the defensive end, they've definitely helped the Bulls be who they are. And obviously, when you have guys like DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine, you've got the offensive firepower and the ability to score the ball. So those two have been really fun for me to watch. um, And I think maybe a little bit surprising in a way.
1: Oh, Sean, you mentioned uh, Brooklyn. And I love Paul Paselli's line, our New York insider friend, that said nobody cares about the Nets. Well, I don't think they do now with that injury to Durant. But yeah. Kyrie's playing well. He's picking up about 20 points a game, and this is a good thing because now there's one less guy that will take the ball away from him. But I think they're going to be irrelevant pretty soon.
0: Yeah, I, I just think, like, all things said with COVID and injuries and Kyrie in, Kyrie out, now Durant out, you're 27 and 16. If they can survive the next four to six weeks without Durant, without having the the floor totally fall out on them, yeah. I think they'll be fine. Like just get this is a team, just get to the playoffs. If they can be healthy and they can if Kyrie's gonna play in the playoffs, they can be a team that certainly I think like forget all the the, the regular season. We're talking about the playoffs. The playoffs are what matter.
2: And Milwaukee too. You know, yep. they're right there, right there yep. with uh Brooklyn. Yep. Get there and see what happens, and that's kind of how the NBA is. A home court advantage, depending on where you play, is real. But if you're good enough, just get through the regular season. That's what the Lakers were trying to do, and we'll see if they get there. But, uh, yeah, the, the Nets and Bucks are still, to me, they're the two best teams in the East at the end of the day. Uh, they're the two teams I would not want to play in a seven-game series with all respect to the Bulls. And 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 Ashley's preseason pick to get to the finals the Miami Heat. Right there as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So we'll see. So it'll be be pretty exciting to see how they uh, come down the stretch and finish up and get into some postseason matchups. How and about- I'll
1: close it with Utah. I mentioned Utah oh, a few yeah. weeks ago, and I, and I agree. But I think Utah will make a splash. They yep. owe it to the fans there to get get into the yeah. mix.
0: Listen, they need yep. a postseason series win like nobody's business. That team. <laughs> you bet. It's, they be they're such a good regular season team. And then they underachieve in the playoffs. So you're right. The fan base deserves more. How about Bobby Portis, though, and Grayson Allen? Like, who would have thought Grayson Allen would start for the reigning NBA champs? Like, the dude is starting. I What is happening? What world are we living in? Uh, oh, God, I hated him at Duke. I hate. him. How
2: is he Duke. even in the NBA? All he does is trip people. <laughs> I hated him. Okay? I can't stand Grayson Allen. Hashtag Duke sucks. I'll uh-huh. ride that one
1: forever. Um yeah, he's a punk. <laughs> Sorry, I, I've never heard the words I hated him at Duke. I think I've heard that about a thousand times. Oh, yeah. I it was much him.
2: He had no I respect for well. his opponents of the game. I, I assume he's different now because I don't hear his name linked with any of that stuff, but too bad. Too late. Damage done. I don't yep. forget or forget.
0: And the Nuggets, we didn't even talk about them, but Jokic is the only player on that team. And That's I it. listen, they're so injured. Jamal Murray. Michael Porter Jr. Like those guys are out. I understand, but like he has no help.
1: None. If
0: he doesn't do everything for them, they don't win.
1: <laughs> no. This may be the record for most ten-day contracts. They're finding people off the street this year. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. All right. Next Ashley, up, what do you All got right. for this is, us this, this week? This is going to be fun. I'm going to enjoy this. Don't hold back, guys. I I like right. I like when people say what's on their mind. I want the truth here. So I came up with an idea because I've, I had this conversation a lot growing up, being an athlete, playing softball and soccer and sports like that. The traditional, we'll call them the traditional sport. What makes a sport a sport? I would always have the argument of that's not a sport. This isn't a sport. Okay. What makes a sport a sport? I wrote down the definition of sport so that we can start there. And then we'll go on from there. If you guys have any particular sports that irk you that are labeled sports that you don't believe they are or sports that you think should be sports that some people think, I always kind of designate sport or hobby. Which is it? Um, That's not how you have to do it, but that's kind of how my mind works. Is it a sport or is it a hobby? If I can do it at like a high level, it's probably not a sport, at least not anymore. Uh, Okay, a sport, an activity involving physical exertion. That, to me, number one is the key. And skill, in which an individual or team competes against another for entertainment. The entertainment thing I don't have as much of a problem with. Um, You can play a sport without entertaining anyone but yourself. But physical exertion and skill. So I'm going to hand it off if you guys have anything to open up with, and then we'll kind of work back around once somebody throws a sport or, or a hobby out there and go from there.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll take the big one, and I hear it a lot. You know, I, I cover a lot of high school sports, so I'm around it. Uh, cheerleading is often brought up, hmm. and that's a sport. Agreed. Okay, yeah, no question. That's not easy to do, and you're working together as a team and all that. I had a girl work for me years ago. Was part of the Siena College. A couple girls were part of the Siena College thing, and one girl, her, her name was a, her uh, role on the team was a flyer. That's what they call the girls that they flip 20 feet into the air. Yeah, that's a sport. You know, injuries happen. You see, you see ankles being wrapped, your wrists and all that stuff. So I'll throw a shout out to the cheerleaders because that is definitely a sport. It's happened. I'm glad to see that that's been recognized Yeah, after years of not varsity letters and whatever. But that, that for me is one that's, I've heard it debated before. That's a sport.
0: Yeah, I think for me, the biggest problem I had, so I'll be the first to admit that in high school I was like, get out of my face. I don't want any talk about freaking cheerleaders being athletes, whatever. But the cheerleading I saw was like the cheerleaders on the sideline at football games who are legit pom poms cheering. There I didn't we didn't have as much of the competitive cheerleading back then where you've got towers of people. You have females mostly in high school, it's mostly females. Females lifting other females and holding them above their head. Like re- these, these ladies weightlift. Very few have guys, but some have guys now. They weightlift, they train, they run, they, they dance. They do all this stuff. Certainly a sport, but that's something that I've kind of had to come around to.
1: I'll, I'll throw to uh, you. And I think they're related in some respect. I didn't think so, but I do now. Car racing to me is a sport because a human is driving the car, okay? So there's physical, yeah, they're sitting in their butt, but there's also, you know, you gotta be very strong. There's a lot of emotion involved as well. I had a friend who worked with a national company, a sponsor, and they sponsored one of the car racers and he went with the car and it really turned the corner. But once it becomes a self-driving vehicle, then no, I don't think it is. The other, horse racing to me is a sport because something alive is racing. There is physical activity from the horse. They are competing, and a human is attached, not basically controlling the horse. So, anybody that would think that horse racing is not a sport, I would disagree in that respect. Those are just two that I want to throw out there at this point car is racing is really and very emotional. Yeah. Yeah, because I think that takes a lot of skill.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. The jockey, as you say, he's on top of the horse. So guess what? If he doesn't know what he's doing, he's not going to be on top of that horse for too long, Right. and uh, he's <laughs> going to get tossed. He may get run over, or at best, land pretty hard on the on the uh, on the dirt. So yeah, jockey. I, I
0: I think a jockey is an athlete. Not all, so. This is where I get caught up. Is when something requires skill but not athleticism, is it a sport? There are a lot of things that require skill. But not athleticism. A jockey is not one of them. A jockey requires skill and athleticism, so I'm in. I have a tough time. I understand it. It's a sport. I get it. I have a tough time with NASCAR drivers. I know they've hooked them up and registered their heart rates and all the things that they're doing, but like I drive a car every day. (laughs) I don't drive at 120 miles an hour, but I drive a car every day. That
1: far away from you on a turn. That's what I'm.
0: I there's know. Lot but of this, I'm just activity. telling you, my inner, it's really hard for me to grasp a NASCAR driver being like an athlete and it being a sport. I understand that it is. It's just a little different for me than some of the other ones.
2: It is different. I do classify them as athletes. Just again, there's a skill, a big competitive factor. And, yeah, as Eric said, you're inches away from somebody on either side of you or front or back. And you're doing 200 miles an hour or whatever, even more in the yeah. indie circuit. Um, yeah. So I think that qualifies. It's a wide range of a definition of a term. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll give you an example. Poker players are not athletes, but oh, poker is a sport. I'll, <laughs> yeah. Although I'll tell you what. You leaning, put your arms out in the middle of the table and raking in those chips. That could take some physical exertion. <laughs> if no, the there's no enough. physical
0: exertion, that is that <laughs> is the definition. I don't give a you know what if it's on ESPN. That's the definition of a hobby. It's a definition. skill. Definition. It's a skill. Yes, but no physical exertion.
2: Right. That's right. Zero. Yeah. You could weigh
0: five hundred pounds, and the only place you walk is to the poker table.
2: Mental exertion.
0: No, that's not. That doesn't count.
1: Mentally no, here, here, no, here's physical. one too.
0: The definition is physical.
1: Yes, esports. Esports is not a sport. That's not no. a sport. Okay. it's, it's Correct. now becoming Sports a are sport. No different than poker. Right. It's a varsity sport now in colleges. They they get the plush chair. First of all, if I'm sitting like this, I don't think I'm doing any sport right now. And they get these plush chairs, and they're sitting on a video thing. The only physical activity is your thumb and your fingers, and you're playing a game. That is not a sport. Now. Now, years ago, people bet on two roosters fighting. They call it cockfighting, and they considered that a sport. But eSports is like poker. It's not a sport.
2: Please. Poker's a sport. And I'll tell you what the difference is between eSports and poker. None. I don't play video games, and I used to play poker. There you go. There's your difference.
0: Yeah, but uh, I've <laughs> played video games in my life, and I've never played poker. So you're going to get okay. both. Like, that can happen one way or the other.
2: They're both games of skill. I'll give yeah, you that. I get
0: it. I get it. But okay, so then chess and checkers are those sports? Yes. Oh. They're games.
2: They're games.
0: It doesn't mean they're sports. That's a game.
2: Okay, I'll give you that.
0: You know what I mean? Like you and I understand football is also a game, but football is a sport. That's no, different. So, let's go this route. Darts, axe throwing, anything like that. That's a, I I call it a hobby. I understand it's on ESPN again. To me, it's like shooting a free throw. If I went and practiced shooting a free throw for my whole life, I could throw a dart at a target and I could throw an axe at a target. For me, the physical exertion part of it isn't quite there.
1: All right. Uh, what about axe sport and archery? What, archery what? is yeah, yep. physical.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. So Listen, it's it's,
1: acting it's, throwing it's right in the
0: Olympics, right?
1: Right. Yeah.
0: So that's got to be it's got to be a sport. I always think like biathlon. You're freaking skiing and then you're laying on the ground after you're breathing heavy and you're shooting a target as you're like trying to bring your, the hardest part about that is bringing yourself back down to steady a shot. That no question, but archery in, in the Olympics. Yep. I'm okay with it. I get it though. Like shooting a gun, like you're shooting. If you did it enough, you could probably get really good at it. And what is the physical exertion of that? Where does that qualify?
2: Yeah, go back to darts. It's 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 a bar game. Yeah, game you play in a tavern, and that's coming from somebody that could make a dart stick on the board to save his life if I threw it. To me, it's like
0: foosball, air hockey. They all qual like those are all games, but I don't know that they would qualify as sports. Well, what about about billiards? What about what
2: billiards? Cool
0: billiards. Again, physical exertion not there, but it requires skill. This is where you miss out on like I I don't disagree that it requires a whole lot of skill.
2: It requires a lot of skill when you pump a six or six, eight, nine beers in you too before. We
1: we had this debate at the Atlanta Olympics when we when we looked at all the little, you know, the images that we had that because of the language you could see somebody shooting and Two, two things. Equestrian, obviously, is a sport. It is at a college level. Those right. young ladies that I worked with, they work night and day. Right. And if we call horse racing, that's basically equestrian. The right. other is yachting. There was a lot of debate about, is yachting? It's an Olympic sport, but is it really a sport? It's no different than car racing. If you see it, it's a team. It's one person here, one person here. If one of them screws up, that person either falls into the water or is tossed into the water by the teammates. So Mm -hmm. I would agree that yachting is similar to car racing. Anything that may involve a a material item still has to have somebody doing it physically, wouldn't you say?
0: Yeah. Sure. How about... Ultimate frisbee. No. Do you say no?
1: No. That's a game. That's a game you it becomes a sport once you turn 50 years old, let's say it that way. <laughs> then it's harder.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like so like frisbee golf, I get is like just kind of a skill. Uh well, ultimate George frisbee, Costanza. you play like a foot it's like on a football field and you play um, I think it's something George
2: Costanza was good at isn't a sport. Hell well, well
0: wait, you know, wait a minute. If
1: if it's Frisbee golf, I think that's a sport because you're well, playing Well, then why golf. would an
0: ultimate Frisbee be a sport? Like ultimate Frisbee you play, it's basically football, but with a Frisbee. Yeah, sure. That's a sport.
1: Okay.
0: Cornhole. No. no. I, put, I mean, But I'm just telling you, it's on ESPN. A lot of people would say it's a sport. <laughs> I don't agree it's a sport. I play cornhole in my front and backyard in the summer. <laughs> and listen, I'm capable of playing sports. Just because I play it doesn't mean it's not. But – I think if like a majority of people in the world can play it, then it's probably not.
2: Yeah. Horseshoes. Same thing. You know, yeah, it's more of a, I would, I would classify those. The term we haven't used is, is a recreation.
0: Yeah. That's yeah, a recreation.
1: good way. to it. Yes. Recreation. Correct. Thank you.
0: It can also still be a game. I think in a lot of, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, let's go play a game. All
1: right. Okay. All right. Bowling? Yeah. Bowling? Did you say? Yeah. I would say Yes. Yes,
0: I'm a little more of a a waiver wire type person on that. Like not waiver wire, but you, I'm a, I'm a little wafty on the the bowling. I Trying agree it, it requires skill. I don't. I, it also requires physical activity. It's just one of those things where, like, if I rolled the ball a hundred times, I would probably get pretty good at it. It feels a little bit like it just becomes. You do the same thing over and over, but not when things are different, sport. I know it's, it's different skill.
2: Bowling's a sport. I used to bowl you know, back in the day, 12, 13, 40. If, if your form isn't on exact every single time yeah. you're going to miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it takes a lot of precision, a lot of practice, mm-hmm. uh, not as much as golf, but yeah, I would say bowling's a sport. Oh,
1: you're, you're a pitcher like baseball. The one thing they have in common is that you can do things to the ball to make right. it do things you want it to do. So yep. yeah. it's a sport.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. With the proper mechanics. you got to be consistent. Otherwise, you're like me, not very good.
0: Yeah, right. I wouldn't I'm play, a terrible bowler. I wouldn't want to
1: bowl with Phil Necro and Tim Wakefield, though. I'll I'm a powerful right. bowler. Well, that was fun. That was good. That was great.
2: All right. Who wants to lead off the whiteboards?
1: I will. Uh... Do it. Because this hat has gone a long way and people wonder why. This is, by the way, one of my oldest hats in my collection because it's the old Boston Bruin hat. And this is all about, I would say, in the uh, early to mid-70s for this hat. Okay. So here is number 22, Willie O'Ree. Congratulations to a trailblazer, the Jackie Robinson of the National Hockey League. Willie O'Ree made his debut with the Boston Bruins in Montreal, used to be his favorite team, January 18, 1957, before all three of us, and had his number 22 retired on January 18, 2022. He was the first first, okay? Now, Jerome Jerome Ginla, the great Calgary Flames star, first black NHL player to win the Art Ross for most points. Grant Fuhr, remember, the great goalie in Edmonton, the first goalie, Dirk Graham, was the first captain. Players of today, like P.K. Subban, the veteran defenseman now in New Jersey, poured out their gratitude in what was a fabulously produced pre-game, pre-game tribute in Boston. There is much more diversity in ice hockey today. Since 1998, Mr. O'Ree has been the NHL's diversity ambassador, traveling all around North America to schools and youth hockey programs to promote messages of inclusion, dedication, diversity, and confidence. Athletes are people. They can make a difference that provides a legacy, achieving a goal that means so much more than just a goal that's scored in the net. So joining the likes of number four, Orr, number seven, Esposito, and number two, Shore, look up and you will see, high in the rafters is number 22, Willie O'Ree.
0: That was some good rhyming. was good. I like that.
2: You couldn't rhyme with Bork, Neely, or O'Reilly? Come on.
1: Uh, that would take some time. Smiley. And by the way, he was not in attendance. They did a wonderful live piece with him in his home in San Diego. You or me? Go for it.
0: Okay. Because it's so much fun. Fitz magic. So Fitz magic has like stolen. He's taken the Twitter sphere, Twitterverse, by storm after a picture of him in the Bills stadium in seven degree weather and below shirtless with all of his manliness with some kid in the stands. There were multiple pictures that got tweeted of him. I know people were sitting next to him and said he was very, very nice, but Ryan Fitzpatrick also known as Fitz magic was in attendance for the bills game shirtless. He is, he's like a gem. He's everything. It feels like he is everything good about the NFL. The guy's a Harvard grad. He's smart. He seems personable. Played for nine teams in 16 seasons, most recently with the Washington football team. He's it like, feels like the king of the one-year contract. Just keeps signing and signing and signing. Uh, has made, I'm sure, a lot of money in his career. But he feels like he's beloved by every fan base. Like, that guy walks into a bar in Miami <laughs> and will never pay for a drink in his life. Buffalo, same thing. It was clear that he's so beloved. From 2010 to 2012, started 45 games for them, fit right in. The fact that he was in – it's just amazing to me that he's in Buffalo essentially cheering on the Bills, and he would tell you – he said it on podcasts before – that Buffalo is his favorite city that he's ever played in. Who wouldn't want to play for Bills Mafia? But this picture has gone viral. The kid that he was with, it was an RPI student. RPI is here locally in Troy, New York. Um, an RPI student who was at the game with his dad, went up to him, took off all his clothes. He said he had like six layers on seven layers on, took it all off, walked down to him and said, will you take a picture with me? And he gladly did. So Ryan Fitzpatrick has been all over Twitter. I love the man. I think he's fantastic. And I hope he continues playing. And if not, if he doesn't continue playing, I hope he just goes to stadiums around the country cheering for his former teams in fan bases.
2: <laughs> it, it makes me almost want to take my shirt. Off.
0: Yeah, yeah, do it.
2: Just kidding. I I wouldn't do that to you. Uh, Before I get out my whiteboard, uh, the NFL, uh, anybody watches the show knows that I love the sport, but I hate the organization that runs it. The people on Park Avenue drive me nuts. I did want to give them a real quick shout out for eradicating COVID because toward the end of the year, they were getting near, near or over 100 cases a week. And all of a sudden, as soon as playoffs start, zero, none. Great job. Their doctors should be doing that. The league can't ref worth a shit, but they apparently did something good with COVID because they've had no issues.
0: Everybody's had it.
2: Yeah, yeah, or that's going to hurt their playoff ratings. But anyway, here's the whiteboard. <laughs> 20th anniversary of what Charles Woodson calls the worst call in the history of sports. The tuck rule. Eric's face. i should thank my neighbor at the time of 20 years she used to call the police anytime any noise emanated from my apartment how she didn't call the police on me that night when the bottle a full bottle of champagne found its way across my living room and hit a wall i was pretty upset um yeah the biggest screw job in the history of sports today's the 20th anniversary that's my message to uh, to the nfl I still say Walt Coleman made up the rule under the hood when he was going through it. How can we screw the Raiders and and find a way to to get the Pats in? That's just me. I'm a Raider fan, and I'm still salty. So 20 years later, I'm not over it. Then I found out ESPN's got a 30-for-30 coming up on it, debuting February 6th. I would rather run a cheese grater across my forehead than watch that. So that's one show I will not
1: be watching. The 30-for-30 is strictly about that play and the ramifications.
2: Yeah, it took away a dynasty from the Raiders. We would have won seven World titles over the next however long. Oh it's yeah, been. yeah,
0: definitely, uh,
2: absolutely. It was John Gruden's last game in his first go around before he got traded, and beat us in the Super Bowl the next year. So yeah, it's uh, it altered my life, and uh, I'm not over it, and I never will be.
1: So that, all I can say is that we waited three hundred years to actually get our team on national television. And as my father once said, "Do you really want America to see this team?"
0: So The answer was yes, later on.
1: hmm We'll never post this. <laughs> all but right, this so you're,
0: you're bitter. Last Raiders win, 2002, in the postseason, right? Now
2: I, and now I'm mad again, because I just yeah. ripped it all in the last three Well, minutes.
0: that's your own fault. You brought it up for your whiteboard. Here yeah. on across the board.
1: Yeah. Yeah, let's get him some meds.
0: Listen. Guess what? None of us have a team left in the playoffs, so there's that.
1: Okay. It you know what? It's more relaxing. It really is. No
0: doubt. I, I watch games and it. I'm like, "Oh, this is wonderful."
1: It, it it's <laughs> more relaxing, but it's nice when you when your team is in the playoffs and you have a man cave. There's also women caves out there where sure. you can make all the noise in the world and no nobody's hearing it and then suddenly in the morning, we could hear you. That's two floors up. Got a you sound Soundproof our place, right, Sean?
2: I don't know what you really had to yell about last Saturday night, other than this the, the tears so the tears going into your crying towel, maybe a little loud, but that was about it. After the after the Ashley's term pounding was commenced. We'll always hey, Paul, have these You titles. said the
0: you right. said the path were gonna get pounded. I said the Steelers were gonna get pounded. We were right on those fronts. That's
2: right. All righty.
0: M&M&M across the board, Apple, YouTube, Spotify, Twitter. I forgot to do that again this week. It's just becoming so casual, you know. Uh, (laughs) At MMMATB1 on Twitter, we will share our content. We hope you like it, share it, subscribe to it. And we will see you guys next week.
2: Enjoy the NFL weekend. Take care, folks. Bye now.